Welcome to Zach and Steve Have a Podcast. I'm Zach. I'm Steve. And this is episode 24. 24. That means Tuesday is going to be our 25th episode. We are at the quarter century mark. That's, that's, that's great. You know what's interesting? So this past week, I spent a little bit of t- extra time. You all right? Yeah, there was just something I couldn't do right into the microphone. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so you just did it again now. There you go. That wasn't it. We need a cough It's not the same thing. Uh, no, I spent this past week listening to some of our old episodes. Okay. You went uh, back. I went, went way, into the archive. I went way, way back. Like, yeah, way, way back. I went back like three months. Wow. Which is deep in the archives at this point. Um, I was just listening to some of our early, early stuff. We had some good talks. Yeah. We had some really, really good talks. Audio quality. The audio quality was terrible. Horrendous. But that's all right. Yeah. By episode six, our audio quality was much better, but we still didn't have our lead in music. Yeah. So once we got the lead in music, man, we're just on a roll. Started clicking. Speaking of going through the archives. Yeah. I need to know what happened to these bees. The bees? We we never got some closure on the bees because you had a bee nest next to the house. There was a little hole. Yeah. And the bees were flying in and out, and you had got some sort of magic powder yeah, so, <laughs> that was going to knock these suckers out. Yeah. So, oh, goodness. So, if you remember the story, I'll just, I'll, if you don't remember the story from a few weeks ago, I think at this point. <laughs> this is my favorite story. It's we've not ever that great. I, I, <laughs> it's the best story. I blew up the one hive <laughs> with gasoline and a match, which was yeah. so stupid. But uh, made for great radio. But made for, yeah, for great. <laughs> Great podcasting, I suppose. So I blew the one beehive, like ground bee nest, up <laughs> that was down by my shed, um, like a cannon. But like a, you I just mean, blew just up half your hillside. Blew in the up process. half the hillside. It was just, <laughs> boof, like it couldn't have been a more perfect sound. But I cannot <laughs> say how dumb it was. Uh, well, I can say how dumb it was. It was dumb. <laughs> it was really, really dumb. You're, you're not recommending well, it like, to I'm any stand, of our people like, out there. I, The more I look back on it, the more I'm like, what a moron. I was standing over the hole. <laughs> I pour gasoline, then I light a match, and I'm shoot, just like, <laughs> Shoot you up in the air like a... Yeah, I'm surprised. Yeah, I didn't like go... Wiley like Wile Coyote. Yeah, I was just going to say like Wile Coyote. <laughs> you fly through the air, and you got that like smoke trail. Well, it like blows me through my shed, and there's just a Steve-shaped <laughs> hole going through the shed. Yeah. Through the side of the shed. Uh, but we still still left the, the issue of the, the bees that were on... That created a hole on the side of my house. They had a hole down in the dirt in one of our flower beds next to the house uh so gasoline was a no-go i yeah. wasn't gonna put gasoline in that you, d- you didn't need another steve shape picture through the side, of, through your the house. side of the house <laughs> i feel like kool-aid man <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> coming through <laughs> so anyway <laughs> oh yeah oh, uh, cool was kool-aid man macho man randy savage was that were they, I, I were think they, they the were going guy? they were going for that slim jim Snap it to a slim jim. The thing is, what was that Kool-Aid like jar or the pitcher made out of that could have bust through a wall? I'm if it's glass, it it's, it's going to yeah, break, it right? Must, it must have been some sort of uh, alloy <laughs> that we didn't know But you know can of. see the clear cool- alloy. Yeah, you can see the Kool-Aid through yeah, it. Yeah, you can see the Kool-Aid. That's actually, that's that's his insides. Oh. That's not Kool-Aid. That, that's not Kool-Aid. That's no, just what he is. No, we're not drinking him. He yeah. makes Kool-Aid for us. He's, 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 uh, what do you call that? Anthropomorphic Kool-Aid thing. But I'm assuming that's what makes him live. Yeah, he's made of Kool-Aid. It's red. Yeah. It's like, I'm assuming it's his his blood. Yeah. That's his blood. But he gives us Kool-Aid. So I don't know. I don't know what he's made out of. But anyway, so (laughs) 
What a weird topic. <laughs> so anyway, I uh, you know we we asked the Orkin man, what do we get? He recommended this powder. We get it through Amazon. So I get all geared up. Your magic powder. With the magic powder. And his word of advice was be confident. Yeah. Be confident. Appro- Go approach in the hole with confidence. Uh, and you know what, man? Not one of those bees questioned what I was doing there. <laughs> I walked over there like, I just chest out like, here I come, bees. And I walk over and I and I pull pull away like, oh, gosh, it was so like, I, like the side of the house is such a mess right now. So I pull everything away, and the bees are like in and out, in and out, in and out. I'm like, but none of them are coming over near me and checking me out. It's because you're confident. As, you're uh, exuding it. The confidence, guys. <laughs> I'm telling you, like, if you're allergic to bees, do not attempt this because I'm not saying this works 100% of the time. Yes, you are. You're saying if you're confident no, around bees, Zach, not Zach. <laughs> don't say that. Anyway, so I just I just march right over there. I'm like, okay, bees, it's time to die. And so I take this. It's it's in this it's in this bottle with this top, and you're supposed to put put the tip of the bottle down in the hole, and then you like you you spray this dust in there, and it kills them. I can't remember what kind of insecticide it is. So I do it. Powdered sugar. I, I powder it. I powder the top. Yeah. And like where they would be landing right around the hole and then right into the hole. I get some down into the hole. Well, this one guy, <laughs> this one bee, covered in this insecticide. <laughs> like, I mean, caked on him. He comes flying out of there. I'm like, and that's the guy that's going to come after me with his new hive so, one day. So did you run away at that point, or no, were you standing strong? I stood strong. I watched them, and then they started to congregate. Oh. They like they weren't going down into the hole anymore. They were just like all outside, and uh, that's pretty much it. So I'm pretty sure these weren't just normal bees. These were tracker jackers oh. from uh, Hunger Games. From Hunger yeah, Games. I'm they pretty sure, because these guys were not messing around. But I checked again. So that was on, what day was that, Zach, that I told you I did this? Probably Wednesday, maybe? Tuesday, Wednesday? Um, yesterday, I went and cut the grass yesterday. Not a bee? No movement. Nice. No movement. So it worked. The powdered sugar work. worked. So the powdered sugar did work. No, it's not powdered sugar. I forget what the insecticide's called. Uh, but it worked well. Nice. That's it. Like, it wasn't, like, I feel like, I mean, you can tell it's a true story because there's no, like, big, big ending story. At the end. Big just, ending. Just, like, me the sh- versus the queen. The queen comes marching out. <laughs> She's huge. She was six foot seven. <laughs> <laughs> she kept crawling out of the dirt. And, and I Steve fought. put on his Kool-Aid man outfit. I put on my Kool-Aid man. <laughs> it was, was like, like a rumble. And she went, Battle the Titans. And she said, oh, no. And, and I you, went, oh, yeah. <laughs> <But> <laughs> that, she, that's how the story went. That's really it, you know, because Yellow Jackets, what they really enjoy eating is sh- super sugary foods. So whenever you put on that Kool-Aid outfit, they were just chasing you. That's the reason why they were there. Well, isn't It's that, because it, they wanted the Kool-Aid. Isn't it at the end of the year they want sugar? Beginning of the year, don't they want like meat? Meat? Yeah. Like, they're like after your flesh. Like Not after human down. flesh, but they, don't they like they want protein? I don't know. I did research. Did like okay, research okay, like it's you, like, you are like so ignorant. eating animals sometimes. No, they're not eating animals, but I think they will eat protein. Okay, like. I don't know what kind of protein. Making I don't know what their diet. Shakes. I don't know what I don't know what their nutritionist recommends. <laughs> the bee nutritionist in the hive. He's walking around all swole. He's like, oh, you guys gotta get gotta get that whey protein. You guys know where that farm is over yonder. <laughs> they got the good whey. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, but no, I think part of the year they beef up, and part of the year they just want sugar. <laughs> you just spit down your arm. <laughs> I just see these bees have like a gym or something. Yeah, and they're over there, and they got these little weights. Hey, it's just these pumping bees. iron. It's just these bees. Yeah, they're like. <laughs> He's like, got tattoos. Say, I heart queen instead of mom. <laughs> and that's that's why confidence works against them. Because yeah. you, you go out there, you like take off the sleeves of your shirt, and you start flexing. Yeah. They're like, that's uh, my uh, guy. Uh, uh, that's, that's spring me right he's, there. He's one of them. <laughs> they go through seasons like yeah, they we do. do. So they so they uh, have the they have the winter time <laughs> wherever they get into the snacks. <laughs> and in the spring they gotta get their, you know, their uh, summer bodies ready no, though, so listen, they go to the listen, gym. Hold on, hold on. Uh, um <laughs> jacket. <laughs> you looking it up now. Diets. Yeah, because I you're making me feel like a fool. Yellow jacket adults feed on foods rich in sugars and carbohydrates such as plant nectar and fruit. They also search for foods high in protein, such as other insects and fish. They eat fish? They'll eat fish. These are chewed and conditioned in preparation for larval consumption. So at the beginning of the year, (laughs) when they're they're creating larvae and they're trying to build their nest, their protein... Are you you an entomologist? Well, you know what, Zach? I I must know a little bit. I'm not a total (laughs) fool. But then they like the sugar the rest of the year. Yeah. They're like, it's time to it's time to load up <laughs> for on the, the carbs. Well, you think how many times uh, a second those wings, you know, beat? That's true. They need a lot of energy. Yeah, they gotta gotta get that energy. Got a lot of energy. They probably like pop rocks or something. <laughs> <laughs> That's their main diet. Razzles. <laughs> Razzles. Anyway, okay. They're from the eighties. We are at ten <laughs> minutes of stupidity. That's official. So, Zach, what's your story of the week? You got anything interesting that's happened? Who, my story of the week? Uh, not like that. No, I, of course not. A, no, it wasn't who else a, has a who else has a bee nest uh, of bees that are you know weight training? <laughs> not me, especially that one dude that flew out of there with. It, Covered in insecticide. <laughs> Other ones are like just dying left and right. This guy's like, I will live to tell this story. <laughs> oh, that's funny. What happened in my week this week? Well, my aunt and uncle are back. Aunt they, Butch and Uncle yes. Aunt Butch. Uncle Butch and Aunt Robin. That's yes, how I usually they, say it. Normally, so they do their three month fall trek. Yes. They leave in August down in Florida and they head around the country ever since they retired. And they usually ended up in Texas because they've got family down there. So normally, they hit us on the way west. They'll head north and see us, and then they'll head west and explore. Well, this year, they saw us, and then they went to the northeast. That's cool. And so now they're heading to Texas, and on the way back through, they're stopping for another visit. So That's nice. So we, we, you know, we get our second visit. So. Did you give them the coffee? Yes. Were they excited? They were excited. They have oh, not okay. made it yet. Oh, yeah. I didn't they, expect they, them to make it. They just got in there last night. Yeah, so. I was so excited to make more coffee just to give to them. Yeah. So, I know Steve's they're, Special they're, Brew. They're true true believers. I put the name of our company on there. I saw that. Bean Counters Roastery. Yeah, it's, and that's not the name. Is, is, like, is, is that a not reference to your wife? Yeah, well, we're both bean counters, technically, because uh, I, I have a background in, in financial... High in, finance in, in high finance. No, I do. I, that's my my degrees in finance. Her degrees in accounting. So we're both kind of bean counters. Okay, and it's a nice little crossover with 
coffee beans, right? Yeah, for so, sure. So, um, yeah. So, Bean Counters Coffee Roasters is the official name. So, are you like, like have a trademark or a? Yes. Are you incorporated? We're Bean Counters Coffee Roaster, Roasters of Pennsylvania. <laughs> nice. There you go. So, you're going to start selling this like a, like a business? Not yet. I mean, the plan is so the, here's the long term plan, Zach. What I'd like to do is when Pete goes off to college, to, yeah, to college. <laughs> 18 years from now. (laughs) Yeah, which I was thinking about that. When Pete goes off to college in 18 years, I'm going to be in my late or my mid to late 50s. Yeah. That's upsetting. Uh, (laughs) So, no, when Pete goes to kindergarten, uh, my plan is to start like roasting more. Gotcha. Because when I have more free time, because I don't want I I don't want to take free time that I have now and spend it on just roasting things. I, I do roast coffee now obviously but I'm, I'm not spending that much time i would like to have like a a, a small business going so there probably in go. the next few years i'll start well that's business. exciting it is exciting i i really want to do that that's something i'm really i, I love doing i mean outside of ministry which is my you know my main passion uh coffee roasting has definitely become my favorite thing to do I just do it all the time, and I'm looking up new coffees all the time, and <laughs> Make, making all kinds of fancy brews. Yeah, yeah, man, it's it's really good coffee. It's really good stuff. Anyway, so yeah, so did you? Have, were you guys doing anything this week, or are they just in for a couple days? Just for a couple days. It's Elliot's birthday this weekend. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because Tessa yeah. turned ten. Elliot's turning ten. Yeah, Tessa so. and and Elliot are a week apart. Yep. Uh, he's Sunday, right? Yeah. His birthday's Sunday the second. Yes. Ava's the third, my daughter, my younger daughter. So it's just birthday time. It's birthday time in the city, yes. So, like, <laughs> I mean, remember, like, you could go back 10 years ago, which is crazy to think. Like, our wives our, were pregnant Our, our, our circle time. of friends, yeah. three of the four ladies in, like, at that time were pregnant. Yeah. And they all, we all had <laughs> babies at the same time. Yeah. Crazy. And we were the, one, the only ones to have a girl at that point. Yep. But anyway, <laughs> that's good stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> Reminiscing. Reminiscing. So what are we going to be talking about today? We are going to talk about, well, Zach, this past week I got to do a wedding. Yes, you did. And I talked about this a little bit last week because um, we recorded last Friday and then I did the rehearsal that evening and then the actual wedding on Saturday. And it was, I, I will I will put this up there in the top, my top three all-time weddings. Oh, nice. It, it I really, really three. enjoyed it. Yeah. You know, the, the, these were really wonderful young people. Yeah. I really appreciated them. Um, they're just really sweet people, really sweet kids. I mean, they're not kids. They're, like, in their mid-20s. Uh, but that's kids to us, right, at this <laughs> point. <laughs> like, we we graduated high school 20 years ago. Like, yeah. these are kids. Uh, yeah. But they were so – but, you know, they, they – you know, they weren't kids. They were just such a mature young couple. Um, and you could tell that they were taking this, you know, it meant a lot to them. I've done weddings where I won't get into too many details, but I've done weddings where it's like you could tell that they don't understand yeah. the fullness of the commitment that they're making. And it's that, that could be concerning. And sometimes it's just because they're young. Sometimes they're just because they're immature, <laughs> you know, whatever the case might be. This couple... I knew right off the bat, like they 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 really had it together. They were sharp, and I, I so enjoyed being with them. They're just so kind and and sweet, and um, just enjoyed being around their families. Everything, it couldn't have gone better. Um, you know, my favorite wedding ever. I shouldn't even say this was Josie and Sean's. <laughs> 
getting to do that wedding was just super special because Josie's like our kid. Yeah. You know, and I know Josie's, you know, I mean, she is of the age that she could, I would have been young, but you know what I mean? Like it's right. just, she grew up in the teen ministry. Um, and we just love the two of them so much. It just meant so much to, to right. us that I, you know, we got to be part of that big day. Uh, but this, this wedding was definitely up there, especially yeah. for somebody I didn't really know all that well going into it, but it was just, it was really cool. Uh, but you know, Zach, I, what got me thinking during that wedding is, you know, I, I do the same message almost every wedding. Well, I mean, because, you know, there's not a whole lot of stories the same there. Yeah. 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 I mean, you you go to uh, the hope is that like the same family doesn't ask you to do a (laughs) wedding within a few weeks of the other because it's like no one remembers what you say. He said this at the last wedding. You know, I'm sure there's people that picked up on that um, over time. But yeah, but I was I was reading through my message as I as you do in a wedding because a wedding's very different than doing a message on Sunday morning. On Sunday morning, I, I'm prepped, and I'm not that I'm not prepped for a wedding, but I'm I'm prepped to the point where I don't need notes in front of me. You're not reading it. I'm not reading it. The only thing I'm reading is the scripture. Right. Um. For yeah, everything else, I'm just talking. I'm gonna explain things and talk through things, use examples, all that kind of stuff to make it real. Uh, weddings, you don't go off script. You want to stay on script yeah. because it's not about your... I mean, it is about the message, but it's just as much about their vows, which have to be read yeah. and all that. And the really cool thing with this wedding was they they wrote their own vows. Oh, nice. And shared them with each other, which was another just really, really special, cool thing. So anyway, I'm reading through my message, and I get to Ephesians. I always read from Ephesians chapter 5. But that's probably one of the most commonly read things, uh, commonly read passages in the Bible at a wedding is Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22. And I know this has become somewhat of a controversial passage in modern day. Really? In some lights. Not not in my not in my heart, not in my mind. It shouldn't be controversial. But there's certain people that like it's like, oh, whoa. Well, let's read it, and then yeah, we'll get into it. why it could be taken a certain way, but that's not at all what Paul was saying. All right, so Ephesians chapter 5, verse, starting with verse 22, it says, Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord, because the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church. Which, reading that right off the bat, there's going to be people out there that are like, Whoa, submit? Well, hold on a second. Yeah. Just, just wait. <laughs> just wait. I know, because that's submit is such a strong word. Right. Um, but it's important that it's said in the context of what this whole passage is, and that's why we always need to read things contextually, not right. uh, you know, not just one verse, and it's like, oh, no, that's Paul didn't write these in verses. Man, like later theologians broke these down into verses. If you didn't know that, yeah, he didn't. <laughs> yeah, he didn't write a letter and put a little number on top. He's like, <laughs> like number one. <laughs> Sentence. Yeah. Number two sentence. This sentence is a little long. I'm going to put yeah. the number in the middle of it. <laughs> Comma. Oh, man. Three yeah. sentence. All right. Let's start this over again because I'm an idiot. Uh, all right. Chapter 5 of Ephesians, verse 22. Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord, because the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of the body. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives are to submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, I love this part. 
Because, like, just if you read that section by itself, yeah. like, men could be like, see, I told you, like, it's all about me. And it's yeah. like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Husbands, love your wives. Just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her to make her holy, cleansing her with the washing of water by the word. He did this to present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or anything like that, but holy and blameless in the same way husbands are to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. What's the easiest thing to do, Zach? Love Love yourself. yourself. Yep. For no one ever hates his own flesh, but provides and cares for it, just as Christ does the church, since we are members of his body. For this reason, this is a quote going back, for this reason, a man will leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This mystery is profound, but I am talking about Christ and the church. To sum up, each of you is to love his wife as himself, and the wife is to respect her husband. So let's break this down a little bit. Let's do it. Let's talk about this. So it's starting off with the whole idea of submission. It's not a it's not singular submission that we're talking about here. I mean, different language is being used, different verbiage is being used, but what it all comes down to is it's not one submitting to the other. It's 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 sacrificing our individual desires for the other. Right. We, we essentially what ends up happening is we submit to one another, right. not just one. It's not the wife that has to submit fully to her husband. The husband is to also submit fully to his wife and not in a, um, what we're talking about is in, in the context of, you know, God expects men to, to lead in spiritual things. Yes. But that doesn't mean he could disrespect his wife or his wife is somehow second to him right. in things. Right. It's like, it's always going to be my way. It's not going to be your way. Unfortunately, people take it that way. There's plenty of people out there that I think can use this and contort it in such a way that it becomes um, their way of lording over their wives, which right. is not what God wanted at all. Like, if we go back to the Genesis account, and God creates Adam, and then he, he creates Eve, what is Eve to be to him? His helper. His helper. That's what it is. Like, like it's not good to go through life alone. We're here to have somebody with it. Not, not somebody that is enslaved to us. That's not what God was saying. We are here to help one another. We need one another. We're essential to the other. Right. Um, you know, and that's what a good relationship is built around. So, uh, you know, in talking about this, I mean, this is good information for both people that are for, for I think for everybody, whether you're married or you're not married, you're, you're dating, or you know, even if you're in high school, you're starting to think about relationships, but there's no chance that you're not thinking about relationships. Cause that's what <laughs> high schoolers always end up doing. They're like yeah. getting into relationships. It's all about the, the love and respect that we have for one another. Right. But God's saying the man has a big responsibility in a relationship because he's supposed to lead mm. his family in the Lord's way. A lot of times in our culture, it's the opposite. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> oh, unfortunately, yeah, yes. The, the women are the ones that have to step up. Right, and, the, and they're the ones who bring people to church and have, have that affinity 
to allow God to come into their life and 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 lead them. Yes, and I think guys kind of have this macho idea that you know I'm I'm in charge here. I don't need uh, anybody leading me. I'll I'll do what <laughs> I, I don't want. Need this I do it on my my own. God created man first. <laughs> like, yeah. Who, who are we right I now? Know. I have no idea. But unfortunately, that is the mentality that so many people have. Not so many people, but there's a populace out there of people that have this mentality of men are, like, number one. And that was never God's plan, that we're above everybody else as men. And, you know, maybe Zach and I aren't necessarily qualified here, sitting here as two men <laughs> uh, <laughs> talking about this you know, without a female perspective. Um, but I think we can talk about what biblical marriage, what biblical relationships are supposed to look like. I think we are qualified for that because the plan was always number one for man and a woman to be together. God created men and women to be that perfect balance to one another. Right. Um, you know, I see it in my own relationship with Sarah, like, and that's what I love. And you could probably say the same thing about your wife. Like we are a perfect balance to one another. Um, you know, Sarah and I don't view everything the same way. She's an optimist. I could be more pessimistic. She uh, looks, for, you know, and this goes along with the same thing, but she'll find good in most things and and look at the good outcomes. This goes back to being optimistic. I, I'm going to find everything wrong with the situation and how it can <laughs> all go bad. Um you know, I make decisions quickly. She makes decisions over long lengths of time. Yeah. Like today, we had, for example, we had to take the car in to get something fixed, the sliding door, which, my goodness, is that a story for another time? Uh, I, that was the story I wanted yeah. to share at the beginning was our sliding door dilemma. Um, <laughs> you know, we... Uh, she wants to make decisions, that, and I would say, let's just buy a new car. You know, yeah. that, and that's that's the good thing about having balance uh, in a relationship. And I think that's why God creates men and women to have differing roles within the home and within for our children and everyone. It's just to have a grander perspective of life. It's a beautiful thing when yeah. we treat it the way it's supposed to be treated, rather than the way that we want it to be treated. Because if we if we bring our humanness into a relationship, our selfishness is what I'm talking about. Um, this is where it's like it's my way or no way. Yeah. Why am I saying everything like Macho Man Randy Savage today? I think uh, I think it's because of the the, uh, the, the Kool Aid. The Kool Aid. <laughs> yeah, You're, you still got your Kool-Aid. confidence. Is this going. like a Jim Jones thing? Yeah. <laughs> no, the Kool Aid man. The Kool- oh, the Kool Aid man. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. But anyway, you, you had talked about at the beginning this idea, the word submit, and it kind of it's a trigger word mm-hmm. for certain people. We, you know, that's that's not the way I was taught or whatever, and, and that's not the way culture thinks. But it definitely says here in verse 22, wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. But in verse 21, the verse right before it, like you said, there's a, there's a break in our Bible where they're starting like a new thought. And, and over time, they've written in, in here, wives and husbands. To tr- and, and it's like, okay, we're transitioning from what Paul wrote earlier into mm-hmm. something new where he's, where he's continuing on his talk, but now he's bringing in the, the marriage aspect to what he's talking about. Well, what was he talking about before in Ephesians? In verse 21, it says, Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. In yeah. the very next passage, or the very next verse, it says, Wives, submit to your husbands. And then it talks about husbands loving your wives and, and treating them in a holy way. And it's, and, you know, presenting them radiant without a wrinkle, 
you know, holy and blameless. That's how you treat your wife as yeah. in, in a, in a, in a way that, that is, it, it has them kind of love so much that they become righteous and holy. That's, that's mm. the, the picture that's, that's there. That's a love that's beyond loving ourselves. That's yeah. loving them first. And it's submitting to them, like you said, and it's putting them on. Yeah. On it's pressure. not, it's not a one way submission. Right. But so what, what, what was Paul talking about here? And chapter five is an incredibly important chapter in and of itself. I mean, if you look in the ESV version, which I'm looking at right now, yeah. uh, it's uh, the headline is of chapter five at the very beginning before it breaks off in chapter verse 22 is walk in love. Right. Walking in love, learning to love as Christ loves. That's what he that is what he's charging the church in Ephesus with. You need to learn to walk in love. And uh, the way to not walk in love is walking in our sin in in being and selfish and yeah. loving what we want to love and doing what we want to do. Paul is saying that is not a healthy way of living. And if you bring that into the marriage, it's going to destroy the relationship. Right which it, it needs to be said. So, yeah, so the whole idea of wives submitting to their husbands, yes, that is essential. But husbands, submit to your wives. <laughs> love <laughs> as, them. As, in, love in, them. In, in a it, way yeah. that is more than just loving yourself. Yes, it's submitting to God, ultimately, right, and loving as He loves. Right. And how do you see your significant other? Do you see them as co-equal with you in doing this, or do you see them as a means to an end. Hey, you're making dinner or, or whatever like that. I mean, that's like that. That's the idea. Yeah, that's that's the cultural thing. If, if you're rebelling against this Christian idea of of, a, of marriage, right? Wives being your husband. OK, the husband then is ruling over the wife and she and he can direct her on what he wants done. Yep. You do this. And, and when I come home from work, everything's ready for me. And, and that's the way that, this stuff's yeah, got to be. Ni- that's like 1950s yes, era. That's that's not what Paul is saying here. It is no. a mutual doing of life together but in 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 it says here wives submit to your husbands you know listen to what they got to say you know god's given everybody direction and and the man in in the family hey you responsibilities here wives submit to your husband right and yes. the same thing husband love your wife treasure yeah, I was, her i was just going to say okay, that go ahead. yeah verse 25 the, the, this is the one i always read this with so much emphasis during weddings because I, I love this line. It's husbands love your wife. After all this stuff that we talked about, about how wives submit to their husbands and respect their husbands. And it's like, that's all well and good. The man can sit back and be like, yeah, that's right. But then it's like, oh, husbands, Paul saying now, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. What does that mean? You love for her sacrificially. What did Jesus do for the church? He died. He died for the church. He laid down his own body. He took on the sins of mankind for all eternity, for, for, for the sins of all mankind, men and women, forever. He, yeah. he took it all on because of the love that he had for them. Right. We're charged. He, now, we're not getting charged with loving everybody that way, we, even though we are. We're, we are to love as Christ loved all, but our wives... That is somebody that we are to lay our lives down for every single day. That means we take our interests, we take all the things, all our desires, and say, does this benefit the person that I'm spending my life with? Right. And if we answer that with no, then we lay it down and we sacrifice it. 
And that's that's the idea of living sacrificially. It's that is it's not an easy charge in the least. But he gave himself up that he might sanctify her. What is sanctify means like what Jesus was doing was cleansing us by his blood so that we could be presentable to God, the Father. Uh, and we are doing the same thing. We are what we are doing in our uh, in our sacrifice, cleansing her by washing her with the water of the word, so that she might present the church to himself in splendor. Gentlemen, we have a responsibility not only to love our wives and to care for her, but to lead her spiritually. That is our responsibility, right. which is the highest calling. That doesn't right. matter if you're a pastor or not. You have we have a responsibility to lead not just our wives but our families. Yes. In the men the spiritual the we should be the spiritual head the leaders of, of the, the family leaders of the family and if we are not then we are not qualified to be making the final decision on things if we are not allowing god to lead us yeah and you know if you're making a hierarchy on how the family should be you know and it's saying the husband it's kind of put the husband above and the wife submit in, in, in the hierarchy, and that's kind of the Christian idea of what family is. Mm. But that is only if the husband is following God, mm-hmm. and you are equally seeking God's will, right? Yep. But if you are not, you, you have lost that qualification to be leading your family if you are not allowing God to lead you first. It's well put, man. That's well put. I mean, and it really, it could, it could cast a shadow on so many... Um, on the mentality of so many out there. Right. It's like, I'm just in charge because God says the man's in charge. And it's like, well, why is the man in charge? Right. Because we are to be the spiritual heads of the family. Yes. Because if we are to be doing the And will if we of have God, abdicated that throne, yes. right? Then so I mean, we we no longer have that power. We have, yeah, we have, we have sacrificed, instead of sacrificing our, what we want, we have sacrificed essentially our, our, our lives in Christ which is not the thing that we should be laying down, but that's the thing we laid down to pursue our own interests. And when we're pursuing our interests in our own selfishness, in loving ourselves, what are we doing? We're, we're negating everybody else right. around us. It's, I mean, so during weddings, I, I often say this, you know, it's, it's about two people coming together that have submitted themselves to Christ because they're no longer living for their own interests individually. Right. If we, when we say, Lord, take my, I mean, it goes back to Romans chapter 12, which let me, I'll read that here in a second. But all, all goes back to that mentality of as individuals, we make the decision to follow Christ and, and to lay our life. Let me read Romans chapter 12. It's my favorite, 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 favorite passage. Actually, Zach, I'm doing a Roman series starting Sunday. On Sunday mornings? Yeah. Nice. The teens. Says this, Romans chapter 12. I'll just read verses one and two, even though Romans chapter 12 is like just a, the powerhouse. If you want to get kicked in the gut spiritually, read Romans chapter 12. Spiritually. It's not something I want to do on a regular occasion, but. What's that? Just get kicked in the gut. No, you don't want to do that physically. Yes. But spiritually, sometimes we need this. Yeah, a little, little bit. All right. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living 
sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. What is the greatest form of worship that we can do as an individual is to lay down our, our desires for life for the desires of God, for God's will. Yeah. So my life, even though I'm living it and I can do whatever I want, I'm choosing to do what God's calling me to do rather than what I'm, I want to do uh, and get to the places I want to go. It's, it's a really high calling. Yeah. When you think about it, like I'm going to do the will of God, um, which is cool. So often we get selfish and we're like, eh, I want to do this. But but why do we do this? Well, verse 2 says this, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that, is testing the, uh, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable, and what? Perfect. Um, even like just even greater things to come. So the things of this world are the things that we selfishly desire, right? Like those are the things that we're we're longing for and, and trying to attain. Yeah. But what is Paul saying here? He's saying, yeah, it's all worthless. You have to if you live sacrificially, if you live for the things of God's will, you're going to the outcome is going to be far greater than anything you could ever imagine. Like life is still there's still going to be difficulties. But ultimately, you're like aligned with the will of God, and therefore, like you're going to have far more joy in what you're doing rather than trying to bring joy upon yourself through your own doings, if that makes sense. And so that's why a, a marriage that's centered around this idea is far greater than anything else that we could ever experience because we're laying down our lives, right? Not just physically spiritually and emotionally, mentally. We're laying it all down for the will of God and for our wife and then our children. Right. It's the whole idea. It goes back to what's the great commandment. Love God with everything and love your neighbor as yourself. Who's your who's your closest neighbor? Uh, right. The person that you're sharing a bed with right. in marriage. Right. That's, <laughs> that's it. Did I preach too much here? That's all right. It's good. I got real preachy. That's good. I got I, real I, preachy. And let me say this. I'm not good at this. Right. I'm, I'm really bad. I'm, you know what I'm really good at being, Zach? Selfish. So let's, let's well, yeah, <laughs> we're all very good at being selfish. So since we are speaking to students and well, yes. adults, let's, and, we, yes. we talked about the marriage aspect of it. To yeah. finish up here today, let's talk about relationships before marriage okay. and how those would differ. I mean, what we talked about today is, you know, you re- you did these marriage vows to yes. people who have been dating before marriage. For a few years. Right. And now are taking that step that, hey, we are going to spend our life together. Committing and are, themselves to one another for yes, life. Yes. And we are going to have this relationship honor God, <clears throat> and we are going to follow the biblical way of doing this, yes. submit submission and, and, and you know, the guy leading the family and all of those things. But yep. before you get there, yes. let's talk about that a little bit here. What does talk it about look... about dating. Yeah. Just, dating God's way. Yeah. Just just in, just in to finish up here, because we've got students listening to this. They're like, that's great. Well, you, yeah, that's, that's, sh- that's right. our primary audience. Exactly. Even so, though we know so, we okay, have a lot that, of adults that's down the road. That's whenever, you know, or whenever we decide to get married someday, you know, yeah. that's... A lot of these kids might be 10 years down the road or 15 or 5 or whatever it is. Mm. But now, say I'm in high school and I'm, you know, I've got a boyfriend or a girlfriend. What does it look like to have a godly relationship right now as, as a man and a woman in, in, in our culture? What, what does the Bible say? Let, let's talk about how we can honor God with our dating. With our dating? Well, I, I would say, let me put it 
this is how I have to frame it. Okay. The advice that I would give my own daughter. Uh My daughter, she just turned 10. You know, she's getting closer and closer to that age where boys are going to become an interest, and it scares me to no end. <laughs> it, uh, like, I think one of the most terrifying things a father can go through is the idea that his daughter... Yeah, my daughter is now in high school, and yeah. she's, she's going off with her friends, and they're going to the, the Irons Mill, you know, the, the local festival yeah. we have in the fall. They've got a, 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 an all-fall pass. So, oh, yeah. So they bought the ticket and they can get in every Friday night if they want to go. And so Ooh. she goes to their friends and she was talking about, she's in seventh grade and there's the eighth grade boys and the yeah, it's like there's like packs of wolves Listen, going through the cornfield. For all intents and purposes. Yeah. Uh, I was, I would have been described, if you were to ask people about me when I came to dating age yeah, about me, it was, oh, he's such a nice kid. And I know I was a garbage kid, like you know what I mean. <laughs> but like in the eyes of many, yeah. I was a nice kid. And I, I think overall, like I, I knew how to keep some things in line. But for the most part, I was definitely in life for myself. I was a teenage boy, and I was a mess. Yeah, um, I had no moral compass. Like I had somewhat of a moral compass, but not a complete moral compass. Um, and so th- th- that's why I, I have this like greater perspective on on dating from my own my own daughter and, and for my sons for that matter. But for my daughters, it's like, I, I don't want to hear like, cause uh, the first thing is he's so nice. I don't care. <laughs> I, I could care. Is this less. like a therapy session we're going to be going through. Oh here? yeah, for sure. You've been worried about this for a long <laughs> time. I could care less if you bring home somebody and he's a nice boy well, well, and he's a good boy. Well, let's, let's talk to these kids. Hey, let's well, give that's them- what I'm trying. I'm, I'm getting there. All right. Zach. This is what I want. Okay. So maybe this is directed at the girls, but guys too. The guys. Both of you. <laughs> if you, you got your finger wagging. I am pointing. <laughs> I, I have got like full on Harrison Ford intensity like in a movie. Like, you're going to do it. You know what I mean? Like the big finger point. If you are going to enter into a relationship with anybody and you are taking it seriously... Because the, the dating culture anymore today is is it's all casual. Yeah, it's very casual, and it, it's become so much more about the physical aspects of relationships instead of what the actual thing should be, which is the emotional care of one another, not the physical. The unfortunate part is, and I'm, and I'm going to get all over the place here, but the unfortunate part is once the once the physical enters into a relationship, it's really hard for the emotional to actually deepen beyond that, uh, and. I mean, and that's why God calls and tells us, like, leave that for the marriage bed. Right. Don't le- allow that to enter into your relationships now because it it doesn't go beyond that. Our bra- it triggers our brains to connect to something that is not emotional depth and care. It's like, how can I feel good again? Right. And that's all we end up, like all you know we'll end up caring about. And unfortunately, like that's and the culture is just telling us that's how you should feel. Then no. Ladies and gentlemen, if you want to date well, find somebody that loves Jesus more than he loves you. Yeah. If you want a solid, good, and this doesn't even guarantee necessarily that, um, you know, a person's gonna not going to have impure thoughts or whatever. We're human. But find somebody that, number one, loves Jesus more than he, they love you, and then secondly... Is good at drawing boundaries and saying, 
I am not going to allow myself to enter into situations that are going to hurt you and myself in the long run. And maybe that's a really tall order, but it also calls us to say, hey, I maybe need to be a little bit more mature or the people that I allow into my life be more mature if I'm going to connect with them on that level, on a romantic relationship level. And that's why I always say, like, don't just start dating to date. Yeah. That's it's it's so easy. It's like, oh, you're cute. I'm cute. Let's go on a date. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's yeah. how it worked back when I was in high school, yeah. right? That's how it works all. The, uh, that's how it works yeah. all for and yeah. for all time. Yeah, infinite. That was a brand new concept. Yeah, who, who would have thought, that? Zach? It was a brand new concept in the late '90s, early 2000s. It was like all of a sudden, it was like, oh, we're both cute. We should go out. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like, if I want to give advice to my my daughter. I want her to know, like, like, get somebody that values, truly values you and cares about you. And that's why I would say, don't start just dating to date. Build a friendship with somebody and see if that's even somebody you want to pursue in that way. Because here's the truth. What dating is built for is to really lead into something more. Yeah. It's not just to like have fun. I mean, it can be fun, but it, like, have, it really should be leading to something right. else. But you can have fun with fun your friends. friends. Right. It doesn't have to be a, re- a relationship like that. Yeah. And, and right. This should be a beginning of a long term relationship built towards marriage and exactly. honoring God in those things. It's not, so, um, yes, dating in our culture is you do it to satisfy feelings that you have exactly and not to honor god yeah and that's very superficial yeah unfortunately and we're not knocking anybody we're not saying like you should just go break up with that person right now but start thinking about why am i doing this why am i entering into this relationship because if the answer is just because i I, well i really just like them and they're cute (laughs) no that's not a good enough reason like right. that's not good enough reason to potentially uh, compromise the values that you have. Because listen, it doesn't matter sometimes how wise you are and how smart you are. Um, you get yourself into a situation where you're alone with the opposite sex, and it can very easily get, get become something that you don't want it to be. Right. Um, so be wise about the people that you allow into your life, um, and also like be friends first and then see if this is going to become something more. You don't have to like enter right into I'm boyfriend girlfriend and all the drama that comes from that. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Oh my goodness. How much drama have we seen over the years <laughs> in relationships in the teen ministry? It's and and what does it all come back to? It's because it's like not fully comprehending what a relationship is supposed to be. Right. Like we just read marriage, but it doesn't start it doesn't like all of a sudden it's like, okay, we're married. I got to s- submit to you and you submit to me. And we live sacrificially. No, that starts now. Right. It starts for like, it's forever. That's what a relationship, a successful relationship is going to be built around is the relationship with God first. And if you're entering into a relationship dating, and I don't care what age you are. If you're entering into a relationship as a believer with somebody that is not a believer, the likelihood of it being successful is not great. And I'm talking about success in spiritual terms because in our minds, it's like, well, I'll be able to bring them around and they'll come to see things my way. Uh, More than likely, we're going to get pulled down to where they're at and compromise who we are instead of them coming up to where we were once at. 
Uh, I'm not saying it's not possible, but it's not probable. (laughs) So, yeah. uh, Did did I hit all the good points there, Zach? Do you have anything you wanted to add to that? No, I... When you think about it with your daughter, um, I think about it with my daughter, too, and, like, make good choices. Like Ava's never going to date. No, your your youngest daughter. No, yeah, (laughs) never. But, no, I think you touched on most of the stuff there, and it's just... Dating, you, there's like, also comparison that goes on, especially when school and stuff. You you see your friends over here are dating, and, and you know what what's how how's your relationship going? How's your relationship going? And there's comparison that's going on there. The only comparison that should be made is between um, yourself and 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 how a healthy relationship in the Bible should be. Right, and mm-hmm. and um, if you are wanting to grow in that way, keep your eyes focused on on what what God has for mm-hmm. you, and not and not so much what your friends are doing or what the culture says you are to do. And it's it's hard to do that. Yeah, but it's also you know dating with an end goal in mind of this person is the person who I'm going to spend my life with. Yeah. Now, if you're like, well, I'm in seventh grade, that's, that's ridiculous. I'm not thinking about marriage at this point in time. Well, then you shouldn't be dating. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, that's, exactly. It, it's not I, you, like all my friends are. Well, okay. That's, well, it's not a good enough reason. No, for that's, you that's to. not a reason for you to do it either. Yes. And, and you can be friends with people and, and friends with people that are of different, you know, sex than you. That's great. Yeah. You should do that and build healthy friendships like that. Yeah. Some of my best friends in school we're girls, yep. and and you can some, maybe even like have different conversations and, and talk about different things and connect in different ways and, and and just grow as a person with with friendships like that. But that doesn't mean that's the person that you're going to be spending the rest of your life with. Yes, and if you want to get into a relationship with that, you need to be prepared that this would this person could be the person, right? Yeah. And it's not just this is something fun I'm going to do because all my other friends are doing it. When when that happens, you make mistakes. You you go over boundaries you don't want to go over. And um, it's just not it, it does, it's not a healthy thing, right? Mm. It's it's fulfilling feelings that we have and, and the gushy stuff, right? But it's not honoring God if it's not meant, if it's not done with the purpose of, yeah. you know, this is could be the person yeah. I spend you know my life with. Everything that we do for God has purpose, right? Like there's nothing God's like, yeah, do this and the outcome. Yeah, whatever. You know, whatever the outcome. No, no. I mean, everything's done intentionally, and God is intentional about everything, and he wants us to be intentional about everything. Um, and so we go into these relationships thinking the exact same thing. Like, right. we are doing this because um, we see that there's potential for a future here. Right. And, Zach, you're 100% correct. And I've told that to so many students, and they never listen to me, but whatever. <laughs> uh, like if you're in seventh and eighth grade and you start – Dating. If your mom and dad are dropping you off for a date, that's not a date. I hate to be that guy, yeah. but it's the truth. It's like, yeah, just be friends. Yeah. Don't let don't let the culture dictate who you are as an individual. Don't be conformed to this way, the ways of this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. If you want successful relationships, and I'm not even talking romantic relationships at this point. If you just want to have good, solid relationships, they're going to be built around Jesus Christ. 
That's where the best relationships come from, because we understand sacrifice and love because of who Jesus was, and we bring that into our relationships, and then we understand how to love one another and sacrifice for one another, to care for one another. You know, and that's that's how I, I live my life with my wife, and Zach lives his life with his wife. We're not living for ourselves. We're living for them. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Zach, Zach we try not to. We try not to. Yeah, I don't want to present like we're the perfect husbands, and no, we, are not. we are. Yeah, we, we mean, fail we, miserably. We, yes, we fail miserably. But the point is, every day, you you we you need to have the understanding and be working towards that because yes. we're all works in progress, yes. and we all make mistakes, and we all are not perfect. But you need to be. You know, like the word you used was sanctification. That's yes. the big church word, where you're growing more like, becoming more holy, more like God yes. every day. Yep. And it's the same thing with the relationships. And and and, and when and what Paul's talking about here, it's the submission. It's it's serving. Mm-hmm. It's putting the other person's needs first. It's not being selfish. Yep. If you're going into a relationship with selfish motives, that's not good. That's right? not that's, good. That's and you not... should stop yourself right there. Exactly. And, this, and it doesn't matter, guy, girl, whatever that may be. Um, yeah. Yes, that's not how you start a relationship. You start a relationship as friends, looking towards, uh, you know, becoming honoring God through this relationship. And yeah. if you and if as you grow in your friendship, and you and you decide, hey, I want to spend the rest of my life with this person to do God's work, whatever that may be, mm-hmm. that's that's how we should you sh- we should be doing this. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's the ideal we should be looking forward to. I know we all make mistakes, and we, yeah. we, we'd love to be here and help you walk through things. And that's and what if, we and are if you're here in, for. Yes, and if you're in difficult situations, come talk to us. We can sit down with you and, and help you talk through things. Uh, but that's what it should be. It should be a mutual um, submission of each other for the common good that is the good, yes. that is God, in, in doing His work. Um, and if you're coming at it with selfish ambitions, then you need to take a step back Check yourself before you wreck yourself. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> and with that, I think we 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 uh, we talked about it. We talked about it. Yeah, I think that we're we're good for this week. So uh, on Tuesday, don't forget we have a brand new podcast coming to you on Tuesday, which will not be anything like this one. No, it's gonna be a lot of fun though. We look forward to seeing you then. And once again, like Zachary stated, if you do have questions about relationships and building healthy relationships, uh, we are happy to sit down with you. And I think our wives would be happy to talk through with with the young ladies as well. Uh, but for this week, this has been Zach and Steve. Have a podcast. We'll I'm see- Zach. I'm Steve. We'll see you next week. Later. Bye bye.